0: Uh, we mentioned last week that today, this week, we're going to talk about Pidyon Haben questions. I've been trying to keep that each week should at least be on, uh, on a given topic. The first week, I was a little all over the place. So I'm trying to keep at least like somewhat, Shilohs that are somewhat related to each other. And since last week, we did Brismila, even though this week's question has nothing to do with Pidyon Haben. But I, I happen to have gotten a number of Pidyon Haben questions recently, which is very unusual it 's not the, the norm, so I figured okay, maybe it 's a sim I, uh, I should be raising uh, we should be talking about Pihy Ben. What are the most common Pi Ben questions that come up if you 're a rabbi and your phone rings Rabbi, my uh, wife had a baby, and we had the bristle ready, and now the next thing we got to look forward to Pi Ben what's what 's what's the most likely next question When you can't. What? When you right when do we do it? When do we do the Pi Ben that 's always the, uh, the the question so i don 't want to <coughs> <laughs> Excuse me I have a little bit of a cough this week. I I, I don't want to um, discuss that one. You look it up. It's a very fascinating Makhlug Rishon, very fascinating discussion. If you want the quick answer, it's count uh, if the, the baby was born on a Sunday, go 4 weeks later on a Sunday, then go 2 days later. You always go 4 weeks plus 2 days and then do it during the daytime. That's the uh, that's the trick. Then uh, you know do better not to do it at night, do it during the daytime. It's a minute. Okay. Counting but counting the day the baby was born. If the baby was born on a Sunday, so it will be on a Tuesday. Right? Um, the uh, and the other the other most common question is where do I get the coins? What kind of coins do I need? Go to your local Judaica store; <laughs> they, they have the coins. It will cost you a couple hundred bucks probably, but uh, you know it's a mitzvah. It's a very rare mitzvah; you're only going to do it once in your life, in all likelihood. So uh, so so it's it's worth spending on it. And it's also important to note. I think I, I don't know if I ever mentioned this that. Um, the, apparently the silver dollars that were made in America in the 1970s do not contain enough silver in them to be used for pidin Ben. a lot of people think that they can use those. Uh, a friend of mine, Rabbi Aryeh Kohn, who is a Rebbe in DRS, he has a smicha from here actually, he has a smicha from Landers, um, said that uh, that he was once, he's he been a coin at a lot of pidin abed, because he's a chash of and uh, he said someone said to him, Rebbe, would you mind if we use the same coins that were used for my own pidyon ben? You know, I want to use for my son. So he said, let me see the coins. So he showed him the coins. He says not only will we not use these for your son, but we're going to do a new pidinah ben for you right now, because he saw that they were coins from, from the 1970s. Those are the more common questions. I was asked recently a couple of questions that are very uncommon, but I thought they were very interesting, and really opened up door, many different doors of halacha to us. Um, and I'll go in order of, the, uh, of, of, of how they were asked. One was not a question that was asked to me, it was asked to my brother, my brother is a Colo in Palo Alto, California, so he often gets unusual kinds of questions that, um, you know, or unique situations, I should say, that, that, that come up often with Balai Tshuva. And the question that he was asked was from a fellow who was about, I, I assume, in his early 20s, and he's Balchuva Tshuva. And he said that his mother is Jewish, his father was not Jewish when, uh, when he was born. Uh, they wanted to raise him. His parents always wanted to raise him as a Jew. And in fact, his father has since converted to Judaism with an Orthodox conversion. And this fellow is a Balchuvah and he's fully shomer Torah um Mitzvot. And he started asking recently, what, you know, did I ever have a Pinyin HaBen? Like, what, what, what happened? You know, he was, so uh, his father said, you know, since we wanted to raise you as a Jew and we heard that there's such a thing called Pinyin HaBen, we did it. And he said, what do you mean we did it? So the father said, I did a pidiyon aben for you when you were 30 days old, 31 days old, whatever it was. I did a pidiyon ben for you. So the kid said, really? Before your gayress and everything, you did the, uh, the ben. And He said, yeah, I did a pidiyon aben for you. So he wanted to know. The guy wanted to know. So the father did a pidiyon Ben Is there any chance that such a Pityan is going to count for him? to the, Now, clearly he's going to do his own Pityan, because the chances are it doesn't count for him. But is there any tzad to say that it counts enough, at least, that he shouldn't say a bracha when he does his own Pityan Aben now? Is there any t- and, if he does his own Pityan Aben now, should he be the one doing his Pityan Aben, or should his father be the one doing his Pityan Aben right now? So those were his two, two Shilas. Someone's got to do a ben that he's pretty confident about. It's either me or my father, the guy said. But whoever does it, should they say a bracha? On, on this I or Is there any tzad to say that maybe the father's Pityan that he did on the kid uh, with a Kohen, it was a real legitimate Kohen, when, uh, I mean, not legitimate enough, not, to, you know, to, that, that he, if, he was, if he was a wise Kohen, he probably should have told the guy, listen, you know, you may want to remind your kid about this if he ever, if he ever when he becomes Bar Mitzvah, that you weren't a Jew at the time. But, uh, but, but that, that was his shayelist. That was question number one. Question number two I had was uh, someone had asked me. Someone told me that his daughter was involved in Kiruv, and she was working with a Russian girl uh, who didn't know very much, but is really coming along and is very excited about Yiddishkeit and is really being makabel a lot of a lot of uh, mitzvot and being being very uh, very fantastic about it. And is clearly growing, and this girl is is married. She's a young married woman. And her husband also very supportive. And the girl, they just had a baby boy. So uh, the, the the woman who's in Kiruv is, tell, is telling uh, this this Russian girl who just had a baby boy. You know, the, this is your first son is uh, uh, is your family Kohanim Levim? Is your husband's family Kohanim Levim? And they discovered no, no one's family, no one's family uh, is Kohanim Levim. It was the baby born naturally. Yeah, it was a natural delivery. And they went through all the the normal questions. She said. You have such an exciting mitzvah. Your son needs a pidin rabbin. It seems that your son's gonna require a pidinaban. And as they're talking, the woman says to her, My son needs a Pidin But now, now that you mention it, you know, my, my husband might need a Pidiraban also. I wonder if my husband ever had a Pidjiraben. He wasn't brought up in any sort of religious environment. So they went to talk to the husband, and the husband said yeah, I don't I, I don't think uh, anyone ever would have done a pidinah ben on me. Let me talk to my father. Let me see what he thinks. So they went to the father-in-law, to the Shemar. And they said, did you ever do a pidinah ben on your son, on, 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 the, on the husband? And the father-in-law said, no, we never did one on him. Come to think of it, I don't think I ever had a So ben. So uh, here we had three doros that all required pidinah ben. So the question is, me who comes? Who comes first? What's the procedure? Do you do it all basachas? You say one bracha on, on all three. Do you do it? How, how does how does it go? And who's chayiv in, in in each pitin rabban? What what's the seder? Adver? The Gemara talks about who lifts no, who no, lift those. The Gemara in Kiddushin. The Gemara never talks about who lived those, who lived those, who lived those. Who lived those? Who lived those? Is there any chiyiv on the Zedit? Whose chiyiv is it over here? So that is, uh, that's, that's the second question. I thought that was an, a, just a, a strange, unbelievable, beautiful case. I mean, how often uh, do you have such a thing? And then the third case I had was, was a very sad one. Um, a guy told me, uh, I, I know this family very well, a really wonderful family, a fellow in my shul was married to a woman, fantastic person, Really growth oriented, you know, just amazing, amazing uh, couple. And but the, the, and the woman is a balas tshuva. She grew up in a completely irreligious home, and she is the only religious member of her family. Uh, none of uh, they, they've made some strides. Her parents kasher their kitchen so the grandchildren come over. Certain things they sell their chametz every year. You know, certain things that they've uh, that they've done. But she's the only you know Torah observant Shomer Shabbos you know person in her family. And her sister Nebuch is married to a uh, non-Jew, so her sister is intermarried. And she the, the, she said that her sister uh, also just a horrible situation. When her sister was in college, she was a victim of a hazing incident that was just this terrible, terrible assault. And it was so bad that she's unable to have children forever. She's unable; she doesn't produce her own eggs to be able to uh, to have children. That's how bad the hazing incident was. It was just horrendous. And uh, she's married to a non-Jew, so they and they want to have children, so they did. It. She's she is able to carry children to, to term. She she's she's able to, but she's unable to produce the egg. So with they with the miracles of modern science, they got a donor egg. They had the husband's zera um, fertilize the egg, and then they implanted the egg into into the, the sister into this Jewish woman. The donor egg was a non-Jew. And this is a little fact that you may or may not have known. Why did they take a donor egg from a non-Jew? So I thought the answer was because they don't care. Jewish, not Jewish. They're intermarried. What do they care? They can have the kid uh, christened or whatever. You know, they don't care. So, uh, no. The reason they took a donor egg from a non-Jew, it's cheaper. It's cheaper. Cheaper to get a donor egg from a non-Jew. Apparently, when you get a donor egg from a Jew, I don't know why, but apparently, it's more expensive to get a Jewish egg. So... What? Supply, there's a very high demand for Jewish. Eggs. W- w- right. W- why would that? I guess because. Okay. Yeah. I guess so. And there's much, much less supply. Yeah. So anyway, so the Jewish eggs are much more expensive. The non-Jewish egg was cheaper. So they got a non-Jewish egg, and they, uh, they, they, and they used the husband Zara. They implanted it in her. Wonderful. Nine months. I mean, not wonderful, but nine months later, a happy, healthy baby boy is born uh, to this uh, to this couple. The aunt and uncle come to me and they say we had we have this nephew and should we be doing something about a pidyon haben for him? It's definitely, it's a peter rechem for his mother. It's the first first of the mother's Jewish. Should we be doing something in terms of pidyon haben for this child? Now, this is already uh, a, a combination of different shaylas. What are, what are the issues over here with this one? Yeah. First of all, is the kid Jewish? So if yeah. the kid's not Jewish, so <laughs> done. Okay, no pidyon haben. What if the kid is Jewish? Then what do we have to deal with? It's not natural. It's not natural so would there be... Meaning, would, would there be nochi of pidyon because it wasn't a natural conception? conception? Right. Meaning, when it's not a natural birth, there's no pidyon. But it, it is a peter Okay, but I hear, <coughs> hear that tzad, that <coughs> the Eliezer, some sort of unbelievably... Uh, uh, odd shita on this kind of thing where he says that the baby has no father and no mother, because the whole thing happened in an unnatural way. Very, very difficult to understand what that means. But the apostas is, it's a peterechem. rechem, so if the baby is Jewish, so again, so the first shaila is, is the baby Jewish or not? Second, if the baby is Jewish, then then what's the shayla? Do you do a pidin Why Why wouldn't you do a pidin What would we decide not to do a pidin is not true. The voyage, but... Who's chiv? is it to do pindaben? So father's chiyuv to do pindaben. What do you do when there's no father? What do you do? If the, so what would we look at in terms of figuring out what to do when the father's a guy? What do the poskim say if the father's dead? If the, if the child's a yassom? So whose Khiv does it become? Does it become the Khiv of the beis Does it become the Khiv on the child? Should the child wait till his bar mitzvah? Does it become the khiv on the mother? Does the mother maybe take the place of the of of the father in that case? Yeah. This is only the as you is there, is there a chiyav, correct? The right. If, assuming there is a chiyav, then whose chiyav is it? Mm-hmm. So, first thing is, is he a Jew? Second, if he's a Jew, we have to figure out... And uh, uh, One would imagine there is a chiyav if he's a Jew. One would have to figure out... Now, what if he's a Suffolk Jew? The mother of the, mother, the Right. The egg genetically the child's not Jewish. At all. Father's a guy, the egg is, is, is a non Jewish egg. But the mother genetically genetically. Vada. Yeah. But the, the mother that carried the baby for nine months and delivered the baby is a Jew. So, on that level, do we, do we say that that would make the child a Jew? And if it does make the child a Jew, or at least a Suffolk Jew, what do, we, what do we do about that? So, what would you normally do if you have a person that's a Suffolk Jew? Let's say you have a, the Gemara talks about, it. you find a Tinoch Mushlach, right? You find an abandoned baby. So, what do you assume? Is he Jewish or not Jewish? So, if, rov, akum, akum, if, rov, sol sol, mechza, mechsah Suffolk Jew. Good. So, what do you do with the Suffolk Jew? What would be the smartest thing to do? Convert him. It'd be can you convert this child? Why not? No setting You're setting him up for failure. You're converting a child who's going to be raised probably as a Christian, um, and you know, can can you do that? You're setting him up for for a, a, a life of no Torah mitzvahs, very very far away from Torah mitzvahs. With a hashpa of an aunt and uncle who are really wonderful and apparently have this overwhelming ability to be mashpia on people, because i mean, just because I know them, I can tell you that. But but still, they're not his parents. Yeah. Ah, so there is a discussion if the child doesn't have a mila yet, what you do first, whether you do, whether you dafka after the mila before pidyon or not. Um, but it, over here, it's not it's, it's not going to be relevant because if the parents wanted to do a mila, they would do a mila. Oh, by the way, I wanted to mention. Last week, I said about the uh, the case of the doctor in the hospital doing the bris mila l'fneiz um, mano, and I mentioned that oh, if it's before eight days, then for sure it's a zero, it's an absolute nothing. I assume that way because that's the sheet of rov poskim that before eight days, it's an absolute nothing. But and that's what the Taz and the Shach and the shulchan, they all say, is clearly the Halacha, and there's no doubt about it. But there is a, a stira in Ramah on that issue... And there is one Rama that sounds like when you do a bris before eight days that it does count as something. Another Ramah says, dam bris. So, a, so I just want to point that out. There is a steer Ramah on that issue, so much so that, uh, that, that I saw that of Zilberstein and Chashuke Echemed on tomorrow's daf, that's what I just saw today, on tomorrow's daf, and Yivamus says that, uh, and Yivamus that's tomorrow's daf, I think, says that, uh, that, that if a doctor in the hospital, Imamish she asks this, this question, says that a doctor in the hospital if the parents aren't otherwise going to do a mila, should do the mila even with mano because it's better than nothing. Since at least there's uh, one day on the Rama that would hold that that's something, not with the bracha, but should should do a mila because that's that's at least uh, it's at least something. So that's an interesting uh, just footnote to last week's share, and by footnote I mean I was wrong. So just you know something to uh, to change from from last week's year. So okay, but yeah. Just quickly a question on that: Is that true even if they're not going to do the? The, the proper way? I going to do so again, to do. <laughs> the way they do it in the hospital, the, the mole I spoke to said that probably it's the b'deavid. Certainly not the way we would recommend it, but probably it's the b'deavid, even though they use a clamp and everything else. But probably it's kashur Um Okay, so let's discuss, I assume you wanted to talk about, I should, should I not assume which Shaila you wanted to talk about first? Number three. <laughs> yeah, I assume number three would be the most interesting one. Okay, so, <laughs> so let's discuss this Shaila. I'm not nearly as sick as I sound, by the way, so he should have had uh, uh, is So the question, is the baby Jewish? Now, there is a Ramban in Yavah nam Nemzai, The Ramban says that, let's say, a woman converts while she's pregnant. A woman is Megaya while she's pregnant. So that means that she was not Jewish when she conceived, and then she's Megaya during pregnancy. So the Ramban writes, the Tavila that the mother does counts for the baby also, right? That's clear. What about the Mila? So the Ramban says he still needs a Mila Lashem Geirus, not just a Mila Lashem Mila in general, a Mila Lashem Geirus when he's born. Right? That's how the Ramban says. The baby's Geirus is not complete until he has a Mila after he's born, even though he's born from a Jewish mother by the time that he's born. That's what the Ramban says Yvamas However, there is a Gemara in Yvamas Tzadi Zainam Beis that says that if that same woman who conceived when she was a non-Jew, and then converted during pregnancy, has twins, those twins are considered to be related to each other. They are brothers. So everyone asks the kasha, wait a second, if they're brothers, then it must be that they were already Jewish. Because if you're going to say that the conversion is only complete, when they get their mila, so after they're born, they get their mila is Gayer, Shinola Dummy, is like a brand new brand new person, and they shouldn't be related to any of their blood relatives. So by saying that they're brothers, isn't that the same as saying that the conversion is not being completed after their birth? That the conversion was already complete before their birth, and that they don't even need a gerus? So what's shot in that Ramban? So Moshe Sternbach used that Ramban as a model to try to figure out what the status is. Of this kind of case of a baby that 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 was that comes from from a non Jewish egg and a, and a Jewish mother, how so? He suggests the following: whether you're a relative of your blood relatives or not is determined at the time of birth. So the baby is not and uh but because he was he's 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 already a relative at the uh, at the time of at the time of birth, the mother was already uh, was already Jewish, but. Since he was conceived as a non-Jew, meaning he was conceived at a time that his mother was a non-Jew, and he has these non-Jewish genes in him, he has to have a mila L'shem Gerus, Rav Shemuch formulates it, to remove the tuma that remains. What essentially he's saying is that he's half-Jewish. Half-Jewish. We never heard of such a thing, no? When someone says, you see, you meet someone half-Jewish, what's your first question always? Which half, right? You need to know. Is, is it your mother's side? Are you really Jewish? Or is it your father's side? But the hero of Shemuch says we have a halachic principle of someone who's half Jewish. That he's Jewish enough that his relatives are his relatives, but he still has an element of Tumah that needs to be removed through a gerus. There are shitos and rishonim that a person whose father is not a Jew and whose mother is a Jew needs a gerus. But he's Jewish! Why does he need a gerus? Says Rosh same idea. That, yeah, he's Jewish, but he needs, he needs a, a gerus in order to remove certain elements of tuma. And he says that's exactly what happened at Har Sinai. Klal Yisrael at Har Sinai, and Maimon Har Sinai, we learn a lot of halachas of gerus from Maimon Har Sinai. Klali Yisrael went through a collective gerus at Har Sinai. But all of our relatives from before Maimon Har Sinai were still our relatives afterwards. Meaning, you weren't allowed to go back home after Ar-Sinai and marry your sister. She was still a relative. Why is she still a relative? We just went through a Gerus at Ar-Sinai. He said, No, because being B'nai Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov, that already makes you a Jew overall. That makes you someone who's part of Klal Yisrael. But that Tumah that you have, that Tumah that you have, because you didn't yet go through the Gerus, you didn't yet go through a Kabbalah Satorah. And uh, the gerus of Kabbalah Satara, that's only removed by Kabbalah, by Kabbalah Satara So you have that concept of half a Jew, so to speak. Now, Rosh Erbuch makes an assumption about our Sinai that's not at all clear. So you said the meal is for gerus. You didn't say the meal is remove Yeah, meaning, because he's saying it's half Jewish. Meaning, so that, that completes the... It completes the process of making the person a Jew. It's hard to to even formulate. It's hard to be magdir. Like, what halachos? You know, is he a Jew and a non-Jew? Rav Shemruch also makes this assumption that at Kabbalah's Torah, afterwards you were not allowed to go home and marry your sister. That is a machlokas. Maral assumes that way. In Goriariye, in Parshas Vayigash. Meshachachma, this is all pointed out in Rabbi, Rabbi Bleich, in Contemporary Alachic Problems, discusses this issue in Volume 4. So he, uh, he points out Meshachachma, and Parash and disagrees and says, no, well, what happens after our sinai? Rosh Baruch says, Go back home, go to, your, go to your wives, go to your tents. What, what was the point? The point was, prior to Kabbalah Satorah, was there any issue for them to marry whoever they wanted? They could have married all sorts of Arayos. Once you had Kabbalah Satorah, you could actually go back to them now. Because now you're no longer related to them. So Meshacham understands exactly yeah, fakaret, the, that they were allowed to, to go back. That they now have. Maybe that's Mikanul La'aba. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Mikanu Brother, sister, they shouldn't like have had been married to Arayus to anyway. To right, like, right. Oh, you, oh, guy can marry his sister. Right, it's, yeah. It's still, yeah, it's a good point. I don't know. Got to look into that Meshachachma. But that's that's what the uh, surma assumes, and apparently is somewhat controversial. The, the Granat, the Kedusha granat in Ksuvus, he has a very similar idea to Shurmach, but he discusses it in a more positive way. He says there's, there's what's called being a member of Klal Yisrael and then there's what's called having Kedushas Yisrael. Anyone who's a member of Klal Yisrael is, is obligated to then try to achieve Kedushas Yisrael. So the, the Granat would assume the same thing over here. The fetus in our case would need Gerus Lashem, he explains Ramban this way, we need Gerus Lashem Kedushas Yisrael. He's already a member of Klal Yisrael but he still needs that extra sense of Gerus Lashem Kedushas Yisrael. So where does that leave us? Is the kid a Jew or is he not a Jew? So that would leave us as the kid being half a Jew, and in order to make him a full Jew, what do we need to do? Mm-hmm. We need to do gerus apparently in order to make him a full Jew. And in the meantime, is he Jewish enough to require a pidyon haben? Probably suffik, right? So what do you do by suffik pidyon haben? <laughs> you do pidyon haben without a bracha. Right? So, aben, you do pidyon haben without a bracha. So suffik daraisel Khumra? So you have to do the pidyon, but you you would you would be mekal on the uh, on the brachas. That would be the halakha. But, let's... let's Okay, so that's in terms of whether he's a Jew or not. It happens to be, many poskim say, that if the egg is not Jewish and the sperm is not Jewish, the baby's not Jewish. The Torah's Um there There are poskim that hold that way. I, I looked in the sefer, Otzer Pidyon Ben, which is a very nice two-volume sefer on anything you ever want to know about Pidyon I say, he's got to discuss this. And he actually does. He has, he has the Shaila. And he's... <coughs> And he says that the poskim are still debating it, whether the kid's a Jew or not. So mm-hmm. he says, it's a suffix not really sure, it's And he leaves it like that. So I sent the Shaila to Rav Yitzhak Zilberstein. I asked him, uh, the whole shayla: does he require a pidyon? Is he a Jew? And if he is a Jew, does he require a pidyon? And if he requires a pidyon, who should do the pidyon? The father, the base, and the So Rav Yitzhak Zilberstein wrote me back uh, like one line. Vlad <laughs> He says he's a guy. Do not do a pidyon uh, on this child. He's a guy. That was his his sheet. Must have, I, I assume Rabbi Yishev must held that way? Because Rabbi Zilberstein, even though the Postcom are still debating this, and a lot of the other Postcom I spoke to uh, are, are not certain at all about it, and think that it's at least has the din of the suffix, Rabbi Zilberstein thought he was pretty sure about it. Now. Does... Is there any din of erva Is Why? Is, there, is, there, is, is Nisra Rai, Rai, is you're saying? That was the old discussion with artificial insemination in general, Trav Moshe, right? That uh, the post can discuss whether there's any sort of uh, problem of using Zara from a guy, or a married woman taking Zara from someone else. So I think the, the, most of the postcommandists stand, not not like the Satmar Rebbe, and uh, most of the postcommandists stand like Ramesha, that that's not a violation of Arayas because there's no bias, There's no actual uh, that was uh, that's done by so now, in the to, the, to the Isir. Now... Uh, to, to oh, meaning that they're related to each other? Yes. Uh, that's a good question. What would Rav what would Zilberstein say you're saying in terms of that? It's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. Um, now if the child is a Suffolk Jew so we said the best thing to do is convert him what's the problem with converting him that how can you convert him you're setting him up for failure so this is a major makhluk saposkim also uh, we have we, how does Gerus Katan work you learn Ksubh the Gemara talks about Ger Katan so Ger Katan normally in order to be Megayur what do you need you need Mila Tvila, Kabal mitzvahs, right what can the Katan do he could do Mila he could do Tvila. He can't do Kabal doesn't have Das for Kabal Smitzel. How are we ever Megayer a Katan? People do this all the time. They adopt a child, and the child's not Jewish, and they want to be Megayered the child. So what do they do? They Megayer him. What about the Kabbalah Smitzel? So there's a concept. Zach l'adam shlo that, we, that since it's a zechus to be a Jew, we do it for him. And then when he becomes bar mitzvah, he has the opportunity to say that he's interested or that he's not interested. Most of the time uh, he says that he's interested because he was raised in the family the whole time. That's all he knows in his life. And he's 13 years old. What's he going to do? Say, I'm not interested and walk away? And that's, that's most of the time he's going to say that he's interested. But that it has to be through the vehicle of zachlodam shalom b'fanav. So this is a major machlok as do you say Zakhnad Nadem fun of when the child is going to be brought up in an irreligious home? Is that a Zuchus to be a Jew? Because on the one hand you'd say, well, it's so Geshmak to be a Jew, it's wonderful, you get all these mitzvahs that you uh, get credit for, the a mitzvah On the other hand, think of all the averas he's going to be doing because he's not being ra- ra- raised liturial mitzvahs. So Shechter holds very strongly that in this case we would absolutely not say Zachin Ladim Shlobafanov. I think Ramesha's a Rav Ramesha assumes that it is Zachin Ladam and it is as Ramesha Lishita Ramesha used to always uh, complain that people would, would ruin their children for for uh, for years and years by coming and coming home from work with a krechts uh is No, it's kishmak. It's wonderful to be a Jew. It's great to be a Jew. So, so I mean, this, that was a hashkafic statement. This is a halachic statement, but that, that it is. I writes that what's going to happen. He's, 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 uh, he's raised in a non-religious home. So he doesn't know any better. So all the averus he does are kiman and ones. He's a tiruk shanishpa, and all the averus that he does. Any mitzvah that he does, he gets his scharizom and subaviyosa. And who knows? Maybe he'll fall into some kiruv organization one day, and he'll become inspired, and he'll want to observe Torah mitzvahs, and then he'll be a great zuchus. So Ramesh says, I'm not convinced, Ramesh says, I think it is a zuchus for him to be a Jew uh Re- rabbi rabbi weiss the uh for the, the the who's been giving shir in your day and YU for like 80 years or something uh, is uh, he, he? He also was like that. He Yells like Rabbi that it's uh, it Rabbi thought very strongly not that way. He thought that it's, uh, that if if, if you are putting him in a position where he's not going to be observing Torah mitzvahs, it's not a, it's not a zuchus for him, and you, we don't have the capacity to be megayer him. It's an invalid gerus because we, we can't be a shliach. Works shliachus we can't be a shliach if it's bad for him. But, but Arthur Gibson were converted children. Decide they don't want to remain Jewish. Yes. Yeah. And how can that happen? How can those? How did that happen? Lema? Yeah, the It turns out that he's yeah. never Jewish. Yeah. So how is that? That's built the, in. That's built into the to the to situation. Built into a Gerakan yeah, situation mean, is the right. It's a question of exactly how to understand that, how to understand exactly what happens when he's 13. Whether it's really the mafreya, whether that's the Kabbalah's mitzvahs, whether it's a glowing mafreya, that he had a couples it's, it's a question of exactly how to, how to understand that. You've got to go through the Sugya carefully. It's also a question of what constitutes Kabbalah's mitzvahs. What if uh, they're not from, the person's not from when they're 13 years old, so they just didn't do any mitzvahs? Is that showing that, is that a machah in the Kabbalism? Is that showing that I'm, I'm not being a Kabbalist? I'm not happy with my Judaism by doing that. And that, that, that itself invalidates the gerus. What if the child, of Rav Shemach is a Tchubh about this, if the child was never asked? The parents didn't want to tell the kid he was adopted. The kid was adopted as a baby. They did a gerus cut on him. And they never asked him because they never wanted to tell him he was adopted. Now he's 25 years old and just found out, by the way, you're adopted. Right, he was learning uh, in biology or something that his eye color wouldn't make sense with his, uh, you know, parents or whatever. So he uh, he discovered, uh, mom, dad, where am I from? You know, and uh, he discovered that he's adopted. So is that is the fact that he was observing Torah mitzvahs all the time? A, uh, an acceptance of Torah mitzvahs. Okay, these are these are complicated questions of, of Ger Katten. But, according to Rav Shechter, at least, and according to many posts, it's y- the easy thing to say, okay, be Megayarim L'Chumra, and then, you know, at least know he's a Jew. No, you can't even be Megayarim L'Chumra. We don't have the ability to be Megayarim. Who has the right to do This aunt and uncle could have done Ah, so who has the right to do Pithy a Abed on a baby? Let's say he's a Jew. Let's say the baby was a Jew. back to, who has the right to, if you could say to, to the do, do the gerus yeah ah right okay that too meaning basin c- could do gerakadam but you need the permission of the parents That's right the parents. yeah yeah so the parents have to have to want it. now do, does now who does the pidion let's say so Who's, who has the right is, is he a full-fledged Jew or only like, so would, would, would I'm saying the would anyone hold that he's a full-fledged being, Jew you're saying as in, as in where the carrier can be Yes, I didn't see anyone that says it explicitly, but they all talk about the possibility. Now, I heard so, yeah, okay. So there are also there are chilukin based on how exactly it happened, <coughs> where the where the um, the fertilization happens. If it's outside the body, inside the other body, and then taken out, and that, like there's there's all there are like a lot of ways to do this that may also make a difference. Now, let's get to who's Chayiv in the Pidyon. When the child doesn't have a father, what happens with Pidyon Ben? The Mishra in Kiddushin tells us that the father is Chayiv Bibno, l'molo l'iftoso to give him Brismila to give him Pidyon Ben. That's Passover in Shulchan Aruch, Yerdea Shin hey. If you ever want to know where to look up Halach's Pidyon Ben, hey. I've had several times where someone called me, I'm looking all over Shulchan Aruch and I can't find, where's Pidyon Ben? It's Sim Shin Hay. I don't know, people think it's an Aruch for some reason. It's not an Aruch so the very first if in Simon Shenuyeh in Yeridaya, father has a chiv to be to do pidna ben. Shulchrarach of their siv beis and the Gemara Kiddushan, Based on the Gemara Kiddushan, says mother is not chayiv. Tifdeh, tipade The Gemara darshins. Kola mitzvah liftos as hatsmo liftos as achirim. If you have a mitzvah of on yourself, then there's a mitzvah to be part to others. Eina mitzvah liftos as atzmo, Ain't a mitzvah as a you don't have a mitzvah on yourself. You have no to be others. So mother has no chiv. There's a discussion in the post though, if a mother does pidyon, does it work? Is it even chal? Is the pidyon chal? The tzvar motion Tzvar Moshe sim Yerdea, in the Birke Yosef, there in Simon Shenhei, says that it doesn't work. It's not chal at all. But others point out the uh, chuvis pnei mevin Yardes, and chavav points out that the Pashtus of the mrambam and the shulchan aruch is that the mother's not chayiv liftoso, but just like every other mitzvah says shasman grama let's say that a woman is potter from, she's also not chayiv to sit in sukkah. But if she chooses to sit in sukkah, she's m'kayim a mitzvah. So maybe she, the, the other post can suggest, she is capable of, of doing the mitzvah. Cohen gets his chov paid. He's, uh, he, it's, it's, it's like p'oreh chov shel And she's, she, not only is it doing, doing a mitzvah, according to Ashkenazim, she'd be able to say a bracha. It would be just like a mitzvah, and she'd even be able to say a bracha. So that's the discussion in the uh in the postgame. It's also a discussion in the postgim of uh, uh, about a basedin by a yasom. The fact that the, the postkim discuss whether a basedin should do it or not, and they never talk about, well why not the mother? So it sounds like the mother shouldn't do it. The the is that the mother should not be the one to do the pinnac. So that's in terms of the mother. Now, wait, so should we just wait for the kid to grow up and let him do it himself? Is that the best thing to do? Or should we be doing something about it? So the Maril, and this is all quoted by the Ramah, the Ramah and Shinhei quotes from the Maril, the Maril quotes from Marie Segal that we should wait for his bar mitzvah and have him do it himself. And then the Maril writes something very interesting. Is a place a what? Where, where there's no father in the picture. So what do you do? So the Maril writes from Rabbi Segal the Chayn Reisi the Igra Maisa Shener Rag Haav B'Molchemes B'Nechushim Kodim Pidyon B'Noa that there was a story where a father died he was never killed in a in a war before the pidyon of his child. V'tsiva Mariner Rav Nasanal of Shalom Litol Tas Shel Kesef Ben Kohain V'Lithlos B'tzavaray Yeled Get the boy little boy a nice necklace a silver necklace. And it should say on the necklace, Ben Cohen. Everyone's going to say, oh, your name is Ben Cohen? No, I'm a Ben Cohen. Because I did, didn't yet have a pidya. And that will serve as his reminder, by having that necklace on, until he becomes older, that he's still called a Ben Cohen, and sheyiftes <laughs> Satsmo. Why did necklace says <laughs> Okay. <Yeah. Philly's>, uh, <laughs> Tilly's right. It's way cheaper. Ben Cohen is only five letters. So t- <laughs> Tilly's as asatzma when he becomes a bar mitzvah. So that's what the drama paskins. Rama paskins as a child, there's no pidyon. Wait till he gets older as a bar mitzvah will be poda asatzma. The uh, what about the baisdin? Why can't why can't we be poda for him? So the Rama and hey he says no. There's no role of baisdin. I zochel adam Why can't we be zochel the pidyon for him? No, the, over here it's a k'tas also because you're taking away the ability, his ability to ever be able to do the Pidyon. He's never going to be able to do the Mitzvah now because you're doing it for him. So that's a little <laughs> bit of a Chov. Whenever it's a Chov, you can't say, Zachal Adem fana Yeah, yeah, Mila's different. Whereas over here there is. Over here there is a... Uh, mm-hmm. Because probably because every moment that he doesn't have a brist, he's in the RL, whereas over here he's not. The Gomorrah tradition specifically says, I, I, I learned this Gomorrah, by the way, that earlier tonight. Oh, great, yeah. So, so the Gomorrah tradition clearly says that by by a brist, if uh, the father doesn't do it, based on his consumers, to the it. And the Gomorrah clearly doesn't say that by right. pitying Abed. So that's what some of the poskerm are madai. The Gemara Dapka says it by a bris, made by pinyam ben, that means there's no didn't be. Right. You to, the gemara learns from a positive, so, you know. Right. And the Dapka doesn't say it by pinyam ben. To it's very it. similar The the can discuss: Is there any chiv on the, on the grandfather to do a pidyan if, if there's no father in the picture? So some of the can point out that that same Gemara talks about the, the chiv of, of a father to teach his son Torah. And the Gemara learns from a that a grandfather also has a chiv, to teach the grandson Torah. I'm told that in certain in yeshiva katanas in Lakewood, when they send the tuition bills, they send it to the grandparents, and they have that gemara as a maramakam, that it's a grandfather's chiv to teach, because the parents aren't paying. So the, um, so it's a grandfather's chiv to teach a, teach a father Torah also. But maybe the fact that the gemara has a drasha, to tell you dafka by being malami benot Torah, that it's a grandfather's chiv, maybe that's, that tells you that it's not a grandfather's chiv to do anything else on the list, including pidyon. So that's also an interesting discussion. Would, would the grandfather play a role over here? Some of the postcards say, B'nai B'anamaryim Kibanim. So yes, yeah, so then the grandfather would have the chiv. Others say, no, the gemara doesn't sound that way. So chuvas maram shik like this. In Yardeus HaMashinyud, maram shik discusses that, that issue of the grandfather. It's also a fascinating discussion. Even if you want to say, B'nai B'anamaryim Kibonim, what about a maternal grandfather? We just say, b'nei bonos areim k'banim also. Martin never uses such an expression. You would think you have a chiv to be mechavid, your maternal grandfather, just like you would your paternal grandfather, but it says the expression is b'nei bonim not b'nei bonos areim So if I'm not mistaken, the Archa Khan discusses this in Hilchus Kibar Aveim, where he thinks that maybe you could be mechalek. Who was it already? I remember one of the on Shulchan on the bottom of the Shulchan Aruch, not, not the Shah on the bottom of the Shulchan Aruch, I think has such a comment that maybe there's a difference, From Kluger, someone has such a comment that maybe there's a difference between a maternal grandfather and a paternal grandfather because only Bnei B'nai B'nai, not, uh, not Bnei Banos, Not something, not a Torah you want to share with your mother. But uh, the, the, so, so that's also a, a discussion but uh, in terms of the Bayezdin it's important to point out because I, I don't want to not say this point the Ramah says let the child get older and do it himself Taz and the Shach both disagree and they say Zakhon <laughs> Adem Bazin should do it. Bazin doesn't mean Bazin means anybody. Have someone do it. Someone can do it for the child. The child shouldn't go without a pidyon. and Shach say, great idea. Ben Cohen, how long is that necklace going to last? Before one day he's playing football and gets ripped off his, his neck, and, and that's and that's the end of the necklace. And you're not going to say it's, it's it's asking for trouble to just leave him without a So definitely Taz and Shach say we zochel money the katan. Shach told me that said that in Europe that was always the minhag. I don't know how often it comes up that it's Shay Kaminach, but he said that was always the Minak that if there was no father in the picture, they would always do opinion for form Some sofer is Machmer on both ends. sofer says do opinion without a bracha, you didn't based in. Then wait when when the cut is in the skadel, and do it out tonight out tonight that he's that he's not gonna remember, remember to do it on his own. And then when he's in the will do it, he'll do it again on his own without a bracha, yeah. is once you're saying zakat that matter, the mother would that matter the mother or I mean, has to be some male... Yeah, um, pashtus is that, the, that if the mother does it, it is valid. But there are postcoms that hold that since she's not Mechiv B'davar, it would have to be some male. Even if it's the same exact Yeah, so the way the postcoms seem to discuss this is they don't really talk about the mother doing it. They talk about the basin and the child. They don't talk about the mother, so the the impression you get. They don't even really talk about the grandfather. You have to dig a little bit to find discussion about the grandfather. Even though that you would think that would be the natural, you know, who's who's going to be concerned about it? That's who's going to be concerned about it. So bottom line is, I asked different poskim uh, this this Shaila. The as I mentioned, the Yitzchak Ben says it's a suffolk. We don't know what to do. Rav Zilberstein said absolutely the child's a guy, nothing to do. Rav Shechter said it's a big machlokas whether the child is a Jew. And if, uh, if the child's not a Jew, we can't do a gerus. So it's not, because it's not as for him to grow up uh, in an irreligious way. And therefore, uh, the pidyon ben should not be done. He thought not even chumra because we would assume Safik brachos lahakel and Sufik mamona Lakula, Which I thought was very interesting. I would have said, what do you mean? It's Safik mitzvah daraisa. So suffik mitzvah daraisa l'chumrah, so you should do the pidyon. He said, but it's Saving Mammon, so the Saving Mammon Motsumera Lavaray you don't give to the Kawain, and Saving Brahusla Hakel, and there's a good chance the child's not a Jew, so he thought that you don't do the pidyon, not even to do a pidyon the especially since since he might not even uh, even be a Jew. Um, all right, we only got to one Shahla this week. Okay.